Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, Nutrafol, baby. (laughs) You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code TSFS. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code TSFS. Via Hemp, let's talk about it. Via Hemp offers THC and non-TH craft cannabis experiences. Now, I love a non-THC option when it comes to your overall wellness. I'm talking sleep aid, maybe anxiety if you have that. Well, that's where Via comes into play. And did you know even a non-THC option if you're doing fertility or IVF can be helpful? Look into that. Well, Via is incredible. You got to be 21 plus. You can get 15% off with my exclusive code TSFS when you go to ViaHemp, V-I-I-A, hemp.com. They have all kinds of lifestyle products. And like I said, the best part is with the THC or without, so you don't have the buzzy buzzy. Don't you love my cannabis lingo? I mean, the buzzy buzzy. Anyway, I'm unique. What can I I say, look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one-time free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show. Tell them I sent you and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. today. If you're not familiar, she is a big-time YouTuber. She was also one of the chief editors at Star Magazine. She she wrote for Glamour Magazine, and she's been on Wendy Williams. She's So she's a celebrity gossip uh, expert, but she also has a fascinating career. She's been canceled. We go into a lot of detail about that, and let me tell you, she is anti-anti-cancel culture. She believes you should be able to say what you want to say, and if people don't like it, they can unfollow or tune out. So it is going to get very hot, very heated. And of course, we're going to talk celebrities, the Free Britney movement. Um, How ironic. I love this. Got a new podcast for you to listen to. Yes, I do. It's the Dr. John Delaney Show. Schman and I were actually playing a clip from Dr. John's podcast because he was doing the topic of are youth travel sports ruining families? Well, Dr. John Delaney has over 20 years of sitting with families and dealing with hurting people and mental health issues. He has a PhD in counseling. Delaney walks alongside real people as they navigate tough decisions. And this is actually something that I really enjoy about his show. It's caller driven. I feel like I'm going to have to get a collar-driven show, Dr. John. I love this. Anyway, listen to the Dr. John Delaney Show wherever you get your podcast, or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast episode. I always make it very, very easy to find my sponsors and people that I partner with. So start downloading and listening today to the Dr. John Delaney Podcast. Enjoy. Hero Breads. Oh my gosh. Chef's kiss. Do you love carbs? I'm obsessed. Give me a croissant. Give me a tortilla, baby, every day, slathered with some hummus. Yes, please. And then a lot of veggies, a little turkey burger in it. Okay. Um, that's my own proprietary sandwich. Thanks. <laughs> Hero Breads right now offering 10% off. Go to Hero.com. 
Co. Enter the promo code TSFS. You are getting 10% off. Now, Hero Bread is so delicious and flavorful, soft, fluffy. In fact, so fluffy that KJ loves it, slathered with butter and cinnamon every day. They're known for their products to have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero sugar, and high in fiber. So what are you waiting for? Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code TSFS at checkout. That's TSFS at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Want your life back? Order Hungry Root. It's actually as simple as that. Truly, Hungry Root is the best meal kit service I have ever worked with because they have meals that take 12 minutes. Guys, if you are a busy mom like I am, KJ now just started swim lessons. And on the night that he has swim lessons, we're not home until six. I'm trying to make dinner, trying to get him rested and down for bedtime. When I see that number 12, and I know in 12 minutes I can have a healthy meal, I'm turned on. All right? (laughs) You will be too. Hungry Roots website, so easy to use as well. You just go, you can type in a type of cuisine or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, or you're a meat lover. Right now, get 40% off. My listeners are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS and get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. 10 years ago, I lost 60 pounds mindful eating, and today I have kept the weight off. I never think about food. I never count calories. Honey, I don't even use one of those darn trackers or apps. I live with food freedom, and I want that for you if you are ready and you want it. And that's where My Optimal Body comes into play. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment, and be sure to let them know that the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. That is myoptimalbody.com to request an appointment. Why I wanted to partner with Dr. Applin is because he is a doctor that gets to the cellular and gut reason of why you can't lose weight and keep it off. They also work with your mental capacity as well. So many of us are emotional eaters. They address that and their clients see long-term success. If you are ready to lose weight, keep it off, and you don't want to do crazy Ozempic, myoptimalbody.com and tell them the Sarah Fraser show sent you. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it up into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Also, she has a lot to say about feminists when it comes to them commenting on Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion at the Grammys or WAP. It gets so juicy. And she has a really revealing story about breaking Kylie Jenner's pregnancy news and why she couldn't run it. Um, Today's episode, I just want to give you a heads up. We have brand new pricing from the Sarah Fraser Show starting at $150 for social media shoutouts. That's right, just $150. You, your podcast, your brand could be reaching a whole new audience. Then I have packages that go from there, $350 and $500. You don't want to miss it. Email the Sarah Fraser Show at gmail.com. Find out how we could work together. And the more you buy, so if you extend your package for a month, you'll be getting 15% discount. Email the Sarah Fraser Show at gmail.com. Now, here's Shallon. Uh, Shallon Lester is here, finally. I, I have been a fan of yours since a friend of mine and co-worker at Fox 5 here in D.C. turned me on to you, and she's like, this woman does celebrity gossip in a way where she also talks about relationships and ties it into mm-hmm. like what people can learn, and I was like, what a great niche you have. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got deep diving in like your whole back history where you were like deputy um, editor at Star mm-hmm. Magazine. You worked for Glamour. You've been on Wendy Williams. You So you've been in the celebrity realm for so long. Yeah. Long time. Long time. I know more about the Kardashians than anyone should. I have to die in the first wave of an apocalypse because I have no relevant skills like, outside of the Kardashian knowledge. Nothing. I want 
I want to start from the beginning with your career because it's been amazing. But you you've really reinvented yourself as as a very mm-hmm. popular YouTuber. And about a year ago, you had this whole cancel situation that like blew up. And I can remember I had just started following you, and then I saw mm-hmm. on Twitter the cancel Shallon um, Lester party, and I was like, "What happened?" I know it's so weird. I like to trend number four on Twitter. It's like why do you guys care? Like, how do you know me? It's, it's just, it was mid pandemic and people were just like, like no one was getting laid. No one was going to target. No one was eating outside. And they're like, you know who we can blame? This chick. Okay. Shallon, I've been there. I, I, I don't, I don't think we ever trended, but I definitely did a segment on channel five, which we'll get into a couple years ago. I will tell you all about it. So I know what it's like when the entire internet comes for you and you're just, and you feel totally isolated and alone. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, you do. You do. Um, okay. So talk to me about you. How, you graduate from college. Did you always know mm-hmm. that you wanted to be in celebrity news? No, I I wanted to be a celebrity. <laughs> and I I had like I was a writer and I wrote a column for my school paper and I moved to New York to write a book and so I wrote my first book at like 24 I think. And then I started writing for the New York Daily News. I was an editor at a men's magazine and stuff. And so I was I was gravitating more towards celebrity culture because it's more interesting. Like I didn't want to write about cars or tech or, or business sports like or- I don't care. Yeah, sports. You know, I wanted to date sports players. I didn't want to like write about it. Like, <laughs> write about like, is this one cute? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But celebs was like a great niche that I that I loved. And then I did this reality show on MTV, and it was it was called Downtown Girls. It was only on one season. It was supposed to be like a real life Sex in the City, but I always say it was all city and no sex. It was pretty boring. Wait, now, <laughs> so, were any other big name people on the show? Like anybody go on? Okay. So like all the other Mm -hmm. women, the people that were cast, no one's gone on to have a big reality career or something else. No. Okay. No, just me. I'm kind of the only one who stayed in like any sort of sphere like that. We were on after the Hills and the city. So we were kind of of that, of that ilk. Um, It was, it was really fun, but like, I was sort of like the Carrie Bradshaw talking about dating and relationships and girls were like messaging me and DMing me their problems. And I thought, you know, I should just do like a, channel where I address all of these questions because we all are like going through this together, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. That's like such a blast from the past. I know. Oh my God. Shallon, (laughs) that is like graphic back in the day. What year would this have aired? So this would have been like 2000. I think it was 2010, 2010 or 11. Okay. Yeah. What is this graphic? We're just a bunch of floating heads and thighs. Like great Yeah, it seems like you were shot on a green screen and then they just like I know. only had your hair, like your faces show up. That's oh, amazing. So that kind of got me into the YouTube thing. And I was, I was working at star magazine after that and kind of going up that food chain. And yeah, it's like, I noticed that people were so like, they were salivating for celebrity news. You know, it's everyone's guilty pleasure. We're all in the daily mail all day, like refresh, refresh, refresh. And I will tell you later how I think the daily mail has created cancel culture. But we'll get there. But, you know, people, they want this, but it's like, if we can give them their guilty pleasure, but also give them something that's not guilty about it. And like, oh yeah, it's fine if I read about the Kardashians and listen, because I'm, I'm improving myself. Okay. Then it's no longer a bad thing. And we can just use these stories to impart wisdom, you know, like I could tell all of these same lessons using like my friend Diane and her sister Joan and people are like, who are they? Right. You know, but everyone's on board with like the Kylie dynamic, you know, the housewives dynamic. So it's just like an easier vehicle to get like the points across. And so you work for Star Magazine, which I find so fascinating because mm-hmm. you were kind of in the height of when celebrity oh, yeah. bloggers started. Perez Hilton. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. And, and that, you kind of remind me of that, almost like a female Perez Hilton. And you and I grew up in that <laughs> era where, you know, yes. nobody thought anything of like painting a dick on like a celebrity or cocaine coming out of there. <laughs> like that's what made him, when I worked in oh, radio, yes. we paid him like an astronomical fee to come to DC and like host a radio event. Like he yeah. was the it person. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Oh, he follows my channel. He's a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> he's well. I mean, yeah. Like I, you guys grew up in that same space. So, yeah. Tell me about working at Star Magazine. That must have been fascinating. Like, how would you guys? Because you were kind of like the Inquirer, and it well, the Inquirer. Yeah. So they were like our sister publication. Okay. So 
were you like sitting, were you in celebrities' trash cans hiding out in their house? I mean, the Inquirer, well, they used mm-hmm. to break legit stories, but I mean, they, oh, would, yeah. they would be in your fucking toilet. I mean, they were no, they everywhere. Would. They would. Yeah. They, like, I was never a reporter for them. I, I don't like being a reporter. I, I prefer to write and like edit things. <sighs> but yeah, I mean, they would be like, on a plane, snooping around, door knocking people. And you just have to have, you have to be just so driven and curious to be a reporter, but you also have to have like a sensitivity chip that's missing. Like, hey, I heard you just lost a baby, you know? And it's like, I I can't say that to people, you know? So your son was killed in a shootout. Like, it's just, it was more than I could do. But I mean, yeah, they broke legitimate stories like uh was it was it john edwards and his mistress and and mm -hmm. yes they had john edwards first pictures of his love child yes Yes. when his wife was dying of cancer they broke oh my god that's right patrick swayze dying of cancer they broke michael jackson was going to be dying of a drug overdose long you know three or four months before i mean they they had legit bruce we had a wall in the office called the I told you so wall and it was covers from past issues inquirer star that was like stories of people like you're lying and it's like like we had 10 covers of Bruce Jenner like back in the day it was like cross dresser you know that's what they call cross dresser and and more recently like Bruce Jenner is trans and it was like statement after statement how dare you say that it's like and it was true. So, mm-hmm. okay, when you worked at Star Magazine, because certainly the what you hear is like Star Magazine was never credible. Um, you guys would make up stories. Um, mm-hmm. the, the celebrities will come out and just say that. So was of that, course. Okay, so was that true, or you or like you guys had legit journalism? We had legit journalism. Like I, the stories I always worked on, I wrote smaller stories. Like I saw the sourcing and for a long, long time at star before I got there, they were polygraphing their sources. Like, cause they would pay them a lot of money. This is kind of like pre, not pre internet, but like, yeah, pre TMZ, like people would pay sources a lot. So you had to make sure that this 150,000, 200 for a photo for a story was credible. So, you know, I think since, since I left or kind of at the end of my tenure there, I just, did not believe always in the stories that we were writing. And I'm like, this is just, it's kind of jumping the shark. And there was like a lot of, like the core of the story would be true. I just felt like it was couched in a lot of sensationalist language. Like, okay. You know, people were fine with whatever it is celebrities are doing. They don't have to be 98 pounds and pregnant with triplets. It's like, you pregnant's fine. 98 pounds is fine. Like, not 98 pounds. It just, it became, it became a bit much, but, but they would then towards the end of your tenure there would start to mm-hmm. add things like they're pregnant with triplets, which that part mm-hmm. was not true. Right. Like, so they'd, it, it started in fact, yeah. but they almost felt like the fact wasn't good enough anymore. So they would add mm-hmm. things. I never worked on those stories, so I can't say what they added or not. I never wrote the cover stories. I wrote things that were like, uh, further back in book, but I would, I would edit things and you know, it became, it became the system of above and below. Like I wasn't allowed to know the sources anymore and only mm. the reporters did. So it's like, I couldn't say what was true or what was, what wasn't, but it, there was just such a shift and an intensity to the stories. And I'm like, Hmm, this doesn't, this doesn't feel like the stories we used to write, you know? And part of that is you were competing against brands like daily mail who they have offices all over the world. We can't, you can't break a story in print anymore. You know, so all you can do is take a story that's already out there and like turn it up to 10 and see if people are like, do you, do you get it? But it would dilute the real stories that we were breaking, the John Edwards things, the Bruce Jenner stuff. Like it's when we had that, it's like we were the boy who cried wolf. And that was that was frustrating to see. It's like, no, <laughs> these are <laughs> these are really good stories. Well, and in hindsight, you left in what, 2016? Was that when you? 2019. 2019. 2019. I mean, mm-hmm. you got out like just at the right time because I mean, I feel like Jeff Bezos is going to sue oh, them yeah. under like it's <laughs> over so for the inquirers. Mm-hmm. Like once you go after Jeff Bezos, it's game over. I feel like at this point, I think they, they did I mean, declare bankruptcy. Oh, the inquirer. They, they declare bankruptcy like a million times. The financial decisions that company make, they don't make sense to me, but what do I know? So thankfully you got out. Did you, you decided what, what was the turning point? Did you just see like the tides were changing towards more internet mm-hmm. show? Okay. So you were like, I'm leaving. I got laid off and I think I was just getting a little 
mouthy. I think I, you know, I was encouraging people like take your vacation days, take your lunch break. If you don't feel comfortable with the story, like speak up about it, you know, <clears throat> because there was precedent being set that celebrities could sue the individual writer on a story. Tom Cruise tried to sue a writer at our company. And she's like, oh. I was just doing what I was told, you know? And it's like, we can't, we, we can't put ourselves on the line like that for corporations. Corporations don't put themselves on the line for us, you know? And that's the American workers plight. Like, I, I'm just going to work all weekend. It's like, do you think your company gives a shit if you drop dead? They don't, they don't. So like live your life, have some work-life balance. And so I was trying to encourage my team to do that. And my that, position got eliminated. <laughs> so that like, didn't go over well in corporate no. America. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, and I've just kind of taken that mouthiness to YouTube and it's actually worked out pretty good. So it seemed like a setback at the time, but it was a setup, you know, and I needed the push out of the nest. I was just, I was comfortable there and I liked it there, but I wanted to be a YouTuber and it just was like, oh, I can't. Oh my gosh, it's never going to happen. And I, it was like, yeah, we're dying. Before we talk YouTube, what what was a story? Because we hear now, like with Bill Cosby and stuff. Like obviously, Bill Cosby ended up paying off the Inquirer um, at various times to not publish stories about him. Was there ever mm-hmm. a celebrity story in your tenure there that, like, you guys were like, "Oh my God, we want to run," and then all of a sudden was not allowed? To? Oh yeah. Oh, Kylie Jenner being pregnant. We had. Oh! I didn't. You had I it didn't long know before. We- Three months. We had it for three months. And I didn't know this. And I was, when I found it out, I'm like, what are we doing here? What are, why are we sitting on this? And it was always the same thing. Cause I saw tons of stories get killed and it was always like, well, they promised us they'll do an exclusive with us. I'm like, are you, Kylie's not going to do an exclusive with us. Why, why are you, why do you believe this? This is crazy. And we would sit on a ton, a ton of stories, or we would sit on stories because the owner of the company, David Pecker, believed he was friends with people. Oh, he's friends with JLo. He's friends with Sofia Vergara. Wow. And it's like, that's great. Be friends with these people. How are you running a business? This is not how you run a business as evidenced by the fact that there's been a lot of bankruptcy. I mean, it's not a great business strategy, you know? All these celebrities, because like when when uh, Meghan and Harry sat down with their Oprah mm-hmm. interview, and then essentially Harry revealed that they have, you know, the Daily Mail, the Sun, every year they host them, essentially, and they're feeding the press. Is that, oh, that yeah. that's really the truth, right? The Kardashians oh, yeah. have deals with the Daily Mail and oh, stuff yeah. to show up, right? That's how they stay popular. The Kardashians have had a deal, like they are on the payroll of all of these magazines, they have been for, I mean, 10 years. And they were the ones to kind of pioneer this. Like Jessica Simpson would orchestrate, she wouldn't, but her team would, whatever, orchestrate like, oh, they're coming out of the movies. But the Kardashians were the first one to be like, okay, we're going to give you the first photos. We're going to give you the photos, but you're going to pay us for like sources and exclusives. I mean, you can't knock Kris Jenner's hustle. She is a genius. She's a genius. Like, I'm you're not even mad about it. It's like, that's so impressive. Good, get it. Good so for you. Chris is the one that went to all these major publishers mm-hmm. and basically mm-hmm. said, you're going to pay us mm-hmm. and we're going to give you scoop story and we're going to give you these quote unquote sources. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. And and all these mm-hmm. outlets, Daily Mail, Inquirer, Us, these, you know, not necessarily all those names, but essentially mm-hmm. a lot of these tabloids did it. Yeah. Because then they had a steady stream of stories. They wouldn't, it was, the best thing about it, there was no litigiousness. No one was going to get sued. You didn't have to put out a comment letter to the rep and get a nasty one back. And that delays going to print. Like that, that was a huge problem. Like we're waiting to hear back from Tom Cruise's rep so they can issue a denial. Because we don't give them that chance. Then they can sue saying they didn't know about the story. There's a lot of like legal stuff that has to go on behind the scene before a story like reaches print. And if you can bypass that, you can put out stories so much faster. And then you can compete against these internet companies, you know? It's genius. And it makes sense to me now because the Daily Mail, I feel like you see the same celebrities over and over. And I'm like, what? There's so many Why? Why? So they must have deals. I mean, it's like Mm -hmm. Rita Ora. Like, I'm like, who the fuck cares about Rita Ora anymore? Demi Rose? Enough with Demi Rose, for God's sakes. So do you think these people have basically made small deals like to keep themselves relevant and just like feed scoop? I mean, they must have, they must have. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I would assume so. It's just, it, 
It's just like, so suspect. You're like the same people over and over, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And what's one story when you were at Star Magazine that you were the most proud of that you guys broke? Oh. Okay. One quick commercial break. Inside the vault. Are you looking for marketing? advertising, PR. Are you wondering how you can take your brand to the next level? Well, I love Inside the Vault. At Vault Lab is where you can follow them on Instagram or their website is insidethevault.com. They'll have virtual consultations with you. They'll look over and do a complete audit of your entire brand and tell you what you need to go to the next level, whether it's on social media or e-commerce. The team over at Vault Lab, whose digital marketing and social media work involved more than 100 celebs in 2020 and whose campaigns have involved Starbucks, the United Nations, Prince William Foundation, Leo DiCaprio, and so much more. They even received shoutouts from our girl, Oprah Winfrey. Hello, our girl. I love O. Go to their website, insidethevault.com. You can find pricing, make an appointment. But if your brand is not online or If it's not where you want it to be when it comes to e-commerce, their audits can make a huge difference. Love working with them. Check out insidethevault.com. I mean, I like, I, I, you know, I, for years I reported in radio on these mm-hmm. stories and I'm just like, I knew where I was when I read the National Enquirer and like, yeah, said Patrick Swayze had cancer and had like two months to live, you know, I, so I'm just, one like, that was, was interesting that? was Meghan Markle's dad. Like we, um, it was was it that one? Oh, one time my editor-in-chief, the old editor-in-chief, went to dinner with Amanda Bynes when she was in the throes of all of her difficulties and published an interview with her. And it was it was intense. It was an intense interview from a girl who needed a lot of help and wasn't getting it. But I was like, oh, that's I, I was proud that like he managed to set that up and, and actually have that happen. It was cool. Wow. Yeah, that was a following her was absolutely huge. Um, oh okay, gosh. so you parlay your career into YouTube. When you mm-hmm. and how long many years have you been doing posting YouTube videos? Um, I went pro, I guess. Like I've been full time uh since I got laid off, so like early 2019, but I've had the channel for I don't know, maybe two years beyond that. It was very much like on the back burner. I'd like go through fits and spurts and like post a bunch and and they'd be like, oh, and get busy with work and stuff, but once I had the the time and the focus, it's it's just like taken over my whole life. So, and and did it immediately take off once you did this correlation of sort of celebrities and then mm-hmm. equating them to relationships and how we can mm-hmm. all change our lives? Mm-hmm. Like, you put out a video and then did it just have thousands of views the next day? Yeah, the one that really like kicked it all off was. Um, when Jordan Woods did her red table talk after the Tristan thing, and I did a breakdown of how to spot a liar. And because, I mean, she was just like lying through her teeth. It was just so loud to someone like me who can like see kind of the psychological back ends. And that was like, that was huge. Cause I capitalized on the trending topic and people watched it. Like the average YouTube watch time is about three and a half minutes. Mine's 16 and a half. Like I keep people there and because they, you know, they're, they understand who this celebrity is, but they're also getting something out of it. So Pretty good. And then, yeah, I mean, then you've got hundreds of thousands of subscribers. You put out new mm-hmm. videos every single week. Um, yeah. So talk to me about your style because your style has is what a lot of people attack you about, which is one where you'll oh, comment yeah. on people's mental health. You'll comment on, you know, people's looks and all that stuff. So why <laughs> is that important for you to do? I mean, when I comment on mental health, it's from a standpoint of like, you need to understand that this affliction, this personality disorder, whatever might not be healthy for you to engage with. And the people who have those situations come out of the woodwork screaming like banshees. And I'm like, look, you're not a bad person because you're bipolar or you have borderline personality. But if you're not doing anything to ameliorate that, if you're not in therapy, if you're not taking your medications, no, you don't get to spray your venom all over other people and hurt people. You don't get to do that. And I'm not going to say that you do. Sorry. If you had a virus, if you had COVID and you're out licking everyone, you're not the victim. <laughs> like other people that you're licking are the ones in danger. And I'm I'm not a politically correct person. I think political correctness is crippling our society, women in particular. We've always, throughout history, we've always been told to like be small, be quiet, be polite. And now there's just a new label for that. Cancel culture, political correctness. It's like, get, shut up. Let us learn and grow. And if you don't like it, 
that's not our that's not our problem. I'm trying to help women be better and smarter. And sometimes that means looking at people who are bad. What are their methods of being bad? Why are they lying? Why are they manipulative? How? We got to learn those tricks before we can learn to combat them. I do. I agree with you. What I worry about for cancel culture is it's going to, the the people that it's going to hurt the most is it's going to silence women of all different backgrounds and colors. Because oh, yeah. we see like with this, I'm curious, like your, even your thoughts on the editor of Teen Vogue. Um, who <laughs> lost, I have thoughts on that. <laughs> who just lost her job. Alex. Oh my mm-hmm. God. I, I got to look at her last name. Um, but you know, now it's coming out that the woman, one of the women, um, McCammond, Alex McCammond, who stepped down. Mm-hmm. Now it's coming out that one of the women that essentially went to Vogue and said, you know, you need to remove her. She's problematic. Has her own <laughs> racist tweets. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's like, uh, that's always, it's always that. That's it's, the scare. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think is, and then we'll talk, you know, I've been canceled. You've been canceled. I'm, I'm curious, like what you learned or, or, or felt about that. Mm-hmm. So what, why do you think you had actually had said something to this, like, like New York Daily uh, News, you mm-hmm. feel like is contributing to it? It's, it's great clickbait, oh, the Daily Mail or the Daily mm-hmm. Mail. So we're in the age of the refresh. We're in the refresh age, like refresh, refresh. I'm so bored. I hate my job. I hate my kids. Please distract me. I need distraction, distraction, distraction. The amount of stories that people who work at the Daily Mail have to publish is unreal, unreal. And they've, they've raised the bar so much higher for everyone on the internet. It's not a story a day, two or three, it's 10 to 15, 20 to 25. There is not that much news. There's simply, there's not that many celebrities. There's not that many activities, premieres, fashion weeks, whatever, but there is Twitter and there's assholes on Twitter using a hashtag. So the easiest thing for a journalist to do with their boss breathing down their neck about why a new story, a new story, a new story. Go to Twitter, click on something trending, whether it's Khloe Kardashian's Halloween costume, and it's like backlash, backlash. They just need two or three tweets. And then that's a story. They've got enough pictures. They've got enough text. Boom, story's up. Their boss is off their back. They can go to Panera and eat their salad and take a breath for the next 90 minutes before the cycle starts over again. I've done it. So like the need for constant content is what is making cancel culture relevant. People have been saying this shit for years, but no one has been giving them a voice, which they shouldn't because they're not relevant people. They haven't qualified for relevance in society with something they've achieved, something interesting they're saying, something they're doing, something someone they're helping. They're just the mob. But this constant need is like, okay, well, fuck, I have to put something up. Fine, this, Chloe Backlash. Backlash against this song. Backlash against high-waisted shorts. Backlash, you know? So you almost feel like the journalists themselves don't even believe it, but have to because oh, no. it's their job. No, they don't believe it. I. This is what I always say about Star. It's like, we were all in on the joke. No one's like, we're going to nail Kylie to the wall. Like, we're all like, whatever, man. Like, we're doing our job. They're doing their job. This is like the cat and mouse game. They know that they say something on Twitter or post on Instagram, they know we're going to write about it, you know? And this is just kind of the fox and the hound chase. But we we don't care. <laughs> we don't so care. tell me this, you know, because you obviously for like a year plus, you know, you were doing mm-hmm. your show, you were, you were talking mm-hmm. about people, whether it was addiction or whatever, but it all mm-hmm. kind of came to a head last year. You did a BTS video where essentially you said that they, they looked like women or something. And then... I didn't even... Th- what I said was... I can't tell them apart because I can't. And it's so sad that K-pop stars are pressured to get plastic surgery to look white because Asian people are beautiful the way that they are. And apparently that makes you hate Asian people. That's interesting. And then from that, you know, you you have another YouTuber call you out and do this deep dive, essentially saying, you know, another video you did where you said Pete Davidson went to rehab only to con his doctors into getting more drugs, you know? And so like, it, it, it kind of went down this rabbit hole. So when, what was the moment where you were like, oh shit, this is, this is now like a, a I'm the story. It was very bizarre because this deep dive, it's like, it wasn't a deep dive. They're videos that are on my channel and public. I recorded them for a reason. I said what I said. I choose my words carefully and I don't apologize. And if people don't like my content, no one's making them engage with it. Nobody. They don't even pay for it. So to attack me for something that you don't even pay for, that you don't need to interact with in any way, shape or form is not acceptable to me. 
I don't, I, it's just, it's so ridiculous and it's so backward. And uh, yeah, and it's 97% of people who get canceled are young women. Really? It's not men. Is that like fact? Yeah. Yes, it's fact. It's fact. Mm-hmm. It, 97% of people that are getting canceled are women, are young women. Are women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like young is in like under 45. They're not like 85 year olds because those people aren't on the internet. But yeah, it's, it's women. It's a woman thing. And the fact that cancel culture is coming from the left, I am a ride or die Democrat. The fact that it's coming from our own people who are dressing this up as some sort of equality makes my fucking blood boil. And that's why I don't abide it. And that's what's crazy about this Teen Vogue is mm-hmm. it's two women of color who are both going to end up probably losing their jobs and who would have been great at writing stories. and br- But, you know, you see it just like beginning to implode from within. Well, this is what I've always said. There is so much more harmony and true inclusivity in the right with Trumpers than there is in the left. I don't experience any of the hatefulness from the right that I do from the left. They're the ones canceling people, dragging people through the mud. And all it's doing, I've said this for a long time, it's we're just going to eat ourselves. Every revolution that fails, fails from within. The Bolshevik revolution, the Spartacus revolution, people canceling me, they're probably 10th grade dropouts. They don't know these things. I'm not. So it is kind of millennial versus Gen Z, isn't it? You know, I mean, well, it's and the the hate, you know, I do think uh there is such there's such hate and there's such discord and no dialogue between both sides. Right. Because, I mean, you also see these extreme Republican voices that we saw at the Capitol preaching hate, white supremacy. You know, I mean, they are they're crazy, too, you know, beyond crazy, but they're not fighting within themselves. They have an enemy the wrong. I mean, they're, they're ridiculous, but they have identified their enemy and it's not each other on the left. It's, we hate all them, but we also hate all of you. And it's like, that's what just makes me laugh about this teen Vogue thing. Like, well, 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 I guess cancel culture has finally come for its own. How interesting. And you know, the whole stop Asian hate movement, which is so overdue, you know, it's these poor people, it's like, well, now we're going through the tweets of people of color. And mm, actually, you can't say whatever you want because you have a darker skin tone. And the cancel culture is coming for them. And it's like, me? Wait a minute. But, but, like, yeah, what goes around comes around. And until we stop doing the shit, the Republicans are just going to keep winning. Republicans are going to win the next election because we're going to destroy our own party from the inside out. And it's like, it's just so frustrating to watch. So, And for what? What is any of this doing? It's silencing everyone. We're getting so divisive. It's becoming fascism. Ah. <laughs> okay, I was going to ask you, my next question was, did you <laughs> feel like apologizing or that you'd done anything wrong when you, when you, when you were kind of um, outed? But I guess I know the answer. Not really outed, but canceled. No. This, is, this is the thing. I actually posted this the other day on my... Um, on my Instagram, like if the cancel culture comes from you, never apologize because one of two things have happened. If it's like an old tweet, like a weird old tweet, either you don't tweet like that anymore. You don't act like that anymore. You don't talk like that anymore. So therefore you have nothing to apologize for. The changes have already been made. Move on. But if you do still act like that, we'll stand in in your truth. Be like, well, no, this is what I believe. This is how I think because cancel culture is not about equality. It is about taking power from people. No one above you is coming for you. People, people hate women. They hate successful women. They hate women with an opinion. So let's find a way to tear her down that's wrapped in a package that society will accept and actually give me accolades for. Oh my God, I canceled someone. Okay. No, I don't apologize. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. And like, how does no one else see this? People who apologize, I'm like, are you out of your mind? Why? Um, well, I mean, I guess I'm just curious because I think some of the things, like, I'm, I'm amazed that some of these people of all different backgrounds, you know, are still tweeting the N-word, you know, in 2016, oh. 2017. So to me, that degree of hate, you know, deserves apology, you know, because I think... I think how the cancer culture started was trying to hold people accountable, like saying, hey, you know, um, if you are making comments about Asian people or black people, this isn't cool. And, you know, you should really reflect. I think that's how it started. Now it's it's kind of morphed mm-hmm. to people losing their jobs. And then the people that are firing you come to find out they were tweeting the N-word, too, which is like shocking. Oh, 
it's not it's not shocking to me at all it's the most obvious thing because no one is throwing stones like unless they are in a glass house like people who actually have a viable career who have a moral leg to stand on they're not mining the internet looking for what other people are doing wrong there's not enough hours in the day jp2 management is where it's at can you tell oh my god okay your girl is definitely preggers Uh, Heading to the uh, last three weeks. So uh, Joe Pacetto, you guys know him, a.k.a. Bowtie Joe. He is the man when it comes to um, financial services and needs. It's time for you to invest and think about your future. And Joe has got you, jp2management.com. Right now, Joe is taking on new clients. He loves working with clients that are just starting out, beginning to save, beginning to plan and strategize for their future. Go to jp2management.com today. Tell Joe Pacetto that you heard about him from the Sarah Fraser show. You can also check him out on my YouTube. We did a lot of videos when it came to the whole GameStop thing. Joe is awesome in breaking it down. So you can see him on my YouTube or jp2management.com. People who do this, like get a life. How did your audience respond to you after all, you know, after all that came out and then the the Mm -hmm. hashtag that, you know, cancel Shallon? What did your Mm -hmm. audience say? Like, did that because when I was canceled, you know, my my situation was at Channel yeah, 5. Yeah, tell me yours. Tell me yours. So a couple of years ago, we did a story about a kid in Texas. He was born to a, a mom who was a single parent. He was a black kid. He had gotten into, he'd applied to 20 Ivy League colleges across the country and got into all of them. So <gasps> Good for him. Good for him, right? <laughs> See, we should have said that, but we said, but we basically did a story. Uh, we had a segment called Tuesday Talkers, and it was mm-hmm. just like anything that was trending on the internet, we would we would debate. So mm-hmm. one of the anchors had said, let's do this story because I think this guy is taking away spots from other students that, you mm. know, he's applying to all these colleges. Um, aren't you taking away a spot from someone else? So we went on and we said, you know, is it obnoxious? This, this kid has applied to all these 20 Ivy League schools. He got into all of them is he taking spots from other people so you know we didn't think anything of it we just did this story Mm -hmm. we didn't have a malicious attempt we didn't feel like it was racist when we did it there was a black anchor on the panel we just mm-hmm. did it, right? So a couple yeah. days later, it starts trending and people are saying, you know, these two white fox anchors go after young black kid about his accomplishments. And he actually had had contacted the station, wanted an what apology. Well, oh, he gosh. felt it was a okay. personal attack, right? So I actually had no uh, emotion to it. I was like, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't mean to upset him. Like yeah. if he's upset or whatever. And, and to, to be fair, we didn't really do our research. This Tuesday mm-hmm. Talker segment was being canceled that day, actually. It was the last day they were doing <laughs> yeah, ironically. It literally got canceled. <laughs> it literally got canceled. <laughs> and this anchor had pitched this show like 10 minutes before. So I just skimmed the article and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just talk about that. If we had talked about, is it annoying that students, like, we didn't make it about him personally and we made mm-hmm. it about kids are doing this, is this obnoxious? It would have been a different mm-hmm. undertone. But people took it right. as very racist. Mm-hmm. And I heard from my own following, like, a lot of people were disappointed. They, you know, so it, I I was, like, happy to apologize because I really didn't have that intent of going into it, you know? And it's made me yeah. um, more censored at times, I think. And then yeah. sometimes I am still resentful about it. Like, I didn't, you know, we didn't say anything racist about him. Why would did we get canceled? You know, so it's kind of this funny place to be. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've said things in a video and then I'll stop and be like, was that bad? Like I said in a video like a year ago, I was like, just wait a cotton pick in a minute. And then I'm like, what does that, sen- what does that phrase actually mean? I'm like, I don't think that's a good phrase to say. I was like, oh, sorry. And, you know, it's like if I catch myself fine, like, you know, I didn't mean it to offend anyone. I don't seek to offend people, but I'm also not going to shrink and censor myself if I'm trying to elevate women and help them just because someone's like, I'm offended. Who fuck it? Fuck your feelings. Who are you? Who I'm offended by that outfit. Let's talk about how you've mixed those patterns. I'm offended. Are you going to take your clothes off and burn them? No. It's also just ridiculous to cancel people who work for themselves. Like, I don't even have a boss. Like, right, right. You're going to continue to post videos and do all that. And and yeah. so for you, it became like you were going to double down. It, it it didn't feel like it was racist to you or you know attacking people's mental health. For you, it felt like this is an attack on a woman who is using her freedom of speech. Yeah, it's I'm I'm a mouthy, attractive white woman in America, and I am public enemy number one. 
you know, it, mm -hmm. where cancel culture is, I'm exactly who they go for first. And I've just, I would not be where I am if I had a habit of bending a knee to people who didn't like me anyway. Like, just go, be on your way. That's fine. You don't have to like me. That's fine. No one says you have to, but you don't get to tell me I should go kill myself. You don't get to attack my business. You don't get to harass my friends and my followers. I will cut you off. I will cut you down. And there's been a lot of people we've dealt with behind the scenes. I don't do it in public. Some, some I do, but like I have my personal boundaries and my lines in the sand. Like YouTube is my channel is my house. You behave like a guest would. And what, you know, it is funny because we, with the, when it comes to YouTube, the people that are succeeding are the ones that they fight with other YouTubers. They call out other, mm. like that's all works. I know. But you chose not to do that. You did not do mm. a, a video responding to D'Angelo. You did not do a, a video responding to any of the claims. And mm. are you happy about that or any regrets? Oh yeah. Oh no, no. I mean, to me that they want so badly to be seen as an equal you know, I'm a big dog and there's someone yapping at me. And it's like, if you look at a Chihuahua and a Great Dane, the Great Dane just looks at the Chihuahua and keeps moving. Like it's only the Chihuahua that's mad and wants engagement to feel like we're on the same level. We're not. And their following can grow. That's great. Make money. I don't care. But I have a brand. People who have to do that, they have no brand. They have no product. They have no longevity. I'm moving through this career with goals and metrics that I'm hitting that will only distract me if I get pulled into that pettiness. That's not who I am. That's not what my followers want to see. That's not who those girls are. Like we're just, it's so antithetical to the advice I give. So, and it's just not even a temptation. Where do you think, okay, where do you think 2021 is going to take us with wokeism and cancel culture? What, what do you see? Cause you're obviously done very well predicting trends. You know, you've <laughs> worked for celebrity magazines, you've parlayed your own career, you've mm -hmm. been an author, you've been on reality TV. I mean, you're good mm -hmm. at seeing the next thing. What do you think mm -hmm. is the future? I think it's going to, I think it's going to be a while before the cancel police who are, they're fascists. I'm going to call them what they are. The fascist police like dry up and go away. What I'm hoping is that like once people are vaccinated, once the world open up, opens up, that it's going to be this sort of roaring twenties renaissance of like People just want to feel good. I was talking to one of my friends. She's a, she's a YouTuber as well. And she's like, I hope that the music in the next year is like music from like 1999, where it's like, steal my sunshine, da, da, da. just like easy bops. You know, we just, we just want to feel happy and sunny. And I think people are going to be like canceled. Or it's going to be like enough, enough. You know, well, I think people are going to hit the wall. I think they are hitting the wall. I mean, the the problem with it is it's it, once you use of saying, you know, it's like crying wolf, right? Once you keep doing it for so long and everybody's canceled, then it has no merit. You know, that's the Who, that's the not problem. racist. Abraham Lincoln's racist. Morgan Freeman is racist, 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 racist. Like, what is that your only card to play? What else you got? What's, what, well, what's right next? now, that's the big one. You know, that's that's what people are being called. But now we're learning that. Just because you are a person of color doesn't mean you're not racist either, as evidenced by the Asian tweets and the Asian I like, oh, hmm. So now it circles back to, is this about equality? Is everyone really being judged by the same yardstick in terms of their behavior online? And if not, then what is it about? It's about power and it's about oppression. Mm, fascinating about women. I didn't realize that mm -hmm. with women in cancel culture. Um, oh, yeah. Let's talk some celebrities because you're so good yeah. at talking celebrities. <laughs> so some of the ones big in, in, in recent videos that you've done that people have really mm -hmm. enjoyed, J-Lo uh, and A-Rod, the cheating. Yeah. Okay, so what is your, first of all, what's your take on them? Do you think they're done or not? So I think J-Lo is, she's a self-centered narcissist. I, I love her. Like, you should be a narcissist. My God, right? look at you. Look at your career. If you don't, like, if you're not self-centered, girl, who can be? So she very much has to control the narrative. So I think she's back together with him while they sort out their business. They're very entwined business-wise, which is, there's pros and cons to that, you know? But she needs to make it look like she dumped him. So I think in, like, a few months, it's going to be like, you know what? The distance I'm filming and he's off here, we just... We just couldn't make it work so that she has the upper hand. She's going to be the one giving the exclusives to People Magazine, Us Weekly with sources. He he doesn't really have a big hand in that world. She's like, she definitely does. She wants to control the narrative. But I think behind the scenes, she's like humiliated. 
I mean, you think because, is, because of Madison McCroy, you think that was just uh, like, and you know, yeah. he cheated on her. He, he absolutely cheated with Madison. Like, and, and I did a video. It's like about emotional infidelity. It's like, even if he didn't sleep with her, like FaceTiming her, getting excited to talk to her, like all those things that when a man does it to us, it's just crushing. And it, to do it to Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. Blows your mind. All right, let's talk about people were all fired up about um, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion oh. at the Grammys. Yeah. Too sexual. You did a really great. I, th- I liked this title actually, and it was kind of like how to handle um, feminists, uh, you know, that come for you, and also, yeah. um, you know, basically owning your own womanhood. Tell me what you meant yeah. by that. So for me. My brand is like feminine feminism. Like I am a wild feminist, but I'm not like shaving my hair. I'm not splitting the cost of the date, not paying for dinner. Like I am very, I always say that I don't want to be treated equal. I want to be treated much better (laughs) by guys. You know, I don't, I don't like that. Because women have it so hard. Women have it so hard. But like, also I think feminism means you get to choose your path, whatever that might be. If it's you're shaving your head and marching in protest, great. If it's curls and dresses and frills fantastic if it's popping your your pussy pussy, (laughs) great you know it doesn't affect like the way you live your life doesn't detract from any other woman's life and so it's like we all just need to give each other space to breathe and as women we've we know that no one is as vicious as other women like men break our hearts but women shred us Mm. and so we don't need to be doing that and I agree with you on this one. I I was so, I mean, I watched this performance and I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Of all the things we've seen over the years, you know, Madonna and Britney make out, you know, or kiss at the, you know, uh, Miley Cyrus and Robin Thicke. I mean, this performance, it was like, no one's even watching the Grammys and people are giving this, these two women a hard time. It was nuts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. And I, you know, Candace Owens, she, I, I don't disagree. I disagree with a lot of what she says, but I don't disagree with everything. Same with Cardi. I love so much about Cardi and yeah. how outspoken she is. And I mean, she just tells it like it is. I love it. And I honestly think those two women are so much more similar than they're willing to admit. They're both like pioneers. They're both out on limbs saying things that their audience and other people aren't supportive of. And it's like, if you guys would come together, I feel like I know, right? actually kind of get along, you know? And Candace, you want to be a wife and a mom? Great. You don't have to pop your pussy. Cardi, you don't have to trash Candace for marrying a white guy and making him sandwiches. It's fine. You can all live your lives. Oh my God. Wouldn't it be great to get those two in a room and to debate? <laughs> I, I know. I you know have to make Cardi gonna... take her nails off. <laughs> I don't like, think it's ever going to happen. Um, talk I to know. Me. Okay. Tell me about this. Tell, talk to me about Demi Lovato. You did, you did a deep dive mm. on her recently, but also mm-hmm. I, this, I don't know if this is the first time I heard you say it, but you are bisexual. You be, you say mm-hmm. you're bisexual. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, I, yeah. Okay. How long have you been bisexual? I love this. Since probably like birth or something. I'm, I'm more attracted to guys, but I've dated girls and I've hooked up with girls. I don't like the term queer just for me. I don't really like understand what it means. Like, I don't know what it means. So I'm just like bisexual sign that that works fine. Um, yeah, but like, I don't talk about it a lot because I don't like lead with what I do with my body. I think it's very dangerous for young women to define themselves like that. You know, just define yourself by your heart, your mind, your achievements, your friendships, your altruism, not like who you're into. Like, okay. you. Who, Who cares? Yeah. Just you seem to fall in love with the person. Yeah. Yeah. And I like boys right now. <laughs> you're right into now. boys right now. And but, I, you know, they just push you to the edge and you're like, you're so annoying. <laughs> I get it. Well, and you're not married, right? Cause I, I that's like mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that comes up when they, when people Google you is your husband, but there is no mm-hmm. husband, right? No, I was married. I was married. Oh, you and were. yeah, I was. And we were not married for very long. We were married for about a year. We were together for about three years before that. And I just, the timing wasn't right. I wasn't ready to get married. And I, but I, I felt like I had to, you know, it's this pressure that women go through. It's like, I have to do this. I have to check this box. I have to. Yes. And it's like, I look back and the reason I felt like I had to is because my career wasn't where I wanted it to be. I mean, it was on paper, everything looked fine, but it's like, there was a dream in my heart. I wasn't being honest about. And so I was like, my husband was like my emotional getaway car, I say. And I want to spare women from that, you know, like, 
you don't need to get married right now. You don't need to have a baby right now. If that's what's in your heart, of course, great. Sure. But if there's something under that, look at what that is. No, you know? I waited a very long time. I mean, I'm really grateful. I'm 39 having my first mm-hmm. baby. I waited a long time because I wanted to focus on my career, waited a long yeah. time to find a guy and ended up finding a man who the reason I married him is because he was so supportive of my career. You know, at that's moments- so- Huge. Yeah. You know, because I did what you did. Like, I ended up leaving a corporate radio job and I knew podcasting was where it was at. And I started mm-hmm. my own podcasting business five years ago. And, you know, my mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to marry my husband when days I'd walk in and be like, you know what? I should just, I should go back and work for a media company. Uh, this is, and he would be like, no. It's tough. You know, you, and he'd be like, no, you would be miserable. You've done that for nine years. You know what you're worth that you don't want to. And I'm like, God, he believes sometimes in me more than I believe in myself. Like I need to marry this This man's a good man. But you know, especially this job that we have, you know, I mean, we're kind of an extreme example because we're in this new media. It's like a frontier, but we need someone who's our cheerleader and who can like, we can borrow from their emotional bank when we're bankrupt. It's like, please give me an infusion of confidence. I don't have it. Yeah. It's true. Um, do you think Demi Lovato will be back? You know, she obviously sharing a lot recently. I mean, nearly uh, the drug overdose caused strokes, heart attacks. I mean, that kid has been through so much. What do you think? Is it? I worry about her because the first interview she's given in years to Glamour magazine, one of the first things she said is that she still treat drugs. She's like, I allow myself weed and alcohol. I'm like, oh, Demi, this is this is not. And even Elton John was like, doesn't work. Moderation doesn't work. And I I believe Elton John. I believe almost anything Elton John says. So Demi just has a history of not being truthful about hmm. her drug use. And it's like, it, when I did the video, people were like, not her again. Like another documentary. She'll do something bad, lie about it for years, and then do a documentary. Rinse, repeat. So... You know, she's been, she has been through it, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, she's got a, she's got a tough road. She's got a tough road ahead. She really does. Um, Last celebrity topic. What are you more into Oprah, Megan and Harry or free Britney? What, what is another one that you, you're really passionate about (laughs) or neither? I just, the free Britney thing, like her fans like tore me to pieces when I did a video about her and it's like, none of y'all are doctors. I'm not a doctor either. But I, I agree with you the- on this. I <laughs> I did a TikTok about it and I got so much backlash. Did you? Too. Yeah, because oh, I yeah. said the same thing. I'm like, guys, I understand maybe she doesn't want her dad as a conservator, but what yeah. indication do we have by looking at her? I feel like if this woman didn't have the conservatorship, someone would take advantage of her so quickly. It's right. like she wouldn't have a penny left. She wouldn't. And that's, those are actually the terms of her conservatorship. It's, I mean, cause there's different ones. It's not like she can't brush her teeth. She can't drive a car. It's, she can't decipher good versus evil. You know, she's very vulnerable. Yeah. So fame sort of imprints on you at the age it happens. Cause trauma does that. And fame is a type of trauma. If you look at Justin Bieber, he was stuck at 15, 16 for a very long time. Look, Michael Jackson, Same right? Thing. That was Michael Jackson. Michael problem. Jackson. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, And so she didn't exactly win the trauma lottery, you know, and for her fans to be pushing so hard for her to be free. It's like, you don't know what you're talking about. I don't either, but I'm not saying I know better than her family, her lawyers, her doctors. And in that documentary, there was not one person from her current life. It's all people who knew her at like 14 before any mental illness presented before any of this happened. No one from her current life is like, oh no, she's actually completely autonomous. Nobody, not a makeup artist, not a dancer, nobody. Yeah. So I think that's, I think that's sort of significant, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I look, I, where she needs to be. I agree. I mean, you know, if it's not Jamie Spears, it seems like it needs to be somebody, maybe it's her sister, whatever. But I mean, yeah. you know, you just know she'd be taken advantage of so badly. Um, yeah. Shellen, what's next for you? You know, you give great advice. People look forward to it. They look forward to the relationship mm-hmm. advice and whether it's spotting, dating a narcissist or someone that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, what, what is next for your brand? So we're going to be coming out with a course, an online course, a girl on top course. It's like seven days to a complete relationship makeover, whether you're trying to glow up and get more confidence, whether you're trying to get an ex-boyfriend back, where you're trying to break bad dating patterns, build better friendships. It's going to walk you through how to do all that step-by-step worksheets, journals, because girls just, it's like 
one of my fans said, she's like, you tell us what we need to do, but we don't know how to do it. I'm like, oh, true. So we're, we're working with a lot of doctors and other creators and stuff like that to, to make something that people can just, it's a roadmap. I'm trying to give people a roadmap to really changing their life. And you have a merch line that people can find. You put out new videos every single week on your YouTube page, Shell oh, and Lester. Like three times a week, yeah. All the time. <laughs> and you're moving to Montana, girl. You're going to be like a rancher out there. I mean, all I can think of is you in yeah. Yellowstone, you know? I mean, you Oh, be- <laughs> yes. I love I, I that know. show. So I'm like, you it's see. So it's we, very accurate too. <laughs> and before we go, I actually, okay, one more last question. You were almost in Real Housewives of Orange County or New York? What were you almost Orange County. <laughs> Orange That would have been so yeah. damn good. What happened? What was? Well, they were basically like, I was still engaged to my husband and, or actually we hadn't even gotten engaged yet. And, you know, I talked to producers and they're like, I was living in New York. I was working full time. They're like, can you be out in Orange County with a mansion and a husband in three weeks? And I was like, Kim, if I could do that, don't you think I would have? Yeah. Like, <laughs> obviously I can't. <laughs> no, but it would be, it would be fun. It would be fun to be on. And, and that's kind of the upside of cancel culture. Like I've been canceled. Like there's nothing left to say about me. That's true. I'm it's all kinda, out on the table, right? It's a, that's, yeah. that's what I think too. Yeah. I'm like, I've revealed everything or somebody else has exposed it or I've been canceled. Right. So it's like, you're right. Now I've got nothing to hide. Yeah. I'm still here, baby. So yeah, it's like, I feel so much more bulletproof. It's like you go through something like that and it's like, oh wait, am I still here? Sorry about it. <laughs> so get used to me. Uh, Shallon, thank you so much for being on. Uh, you know, like I said, thank I've been following you. you for a year plus, And I, you know, I, I reached out to you when that happened. I was like, God, I want to have her on and, and talk about it. So it was really good to hear your perspective. So continued success. And I can't wait to see the course. I love it. Thank you so much, Sarah. This has been so much fun. Thank you.